It is the 27th of September, 2023, and ladies and gentlemen, it is once again time for Alien. We return back to the colony of KV-1113, otherwise known as Brewer's Beacon, an agricultural world that is has an excellent Goldilocks zone, which is ripe for human habitation. Uh, best known for its uh, agricultural crops. Um, it also has a thriving uh, space cow industry. Uh, the name is still being workshopped in Weyland-Yutani. Of course, not all is as it seems on KV-1113. Because at night, a mysterious fog rolls in. And as the days have progressed, this mysterious fog has brought with it creatures that, instead of being large and multi-limbed and making space cow noises, are black, metallic, hissing, and burning, and clawing, and rending. The last we left our intrepid group of marshals and marshal auxiliaries from the colonial marshal station known as Backwater. Three of them were fleeing in a truck from the town of Sunshine back to the station in order to rearm and plan their next move. Of course, only two of them are actually with the uh, marshal station the officer Rico, and the roughneck Dave. They are accompanied by a kid, Donovan Van Johnson, who is the sole survivor of the research station, which has mysteriously exploded. He landed in a fridge. Good for him. The Marshal Terrio Gibbs is locked in a armory in the town of Sunshine. And... As the camera opens up, it is late afternoon, and what is left of the fuel in this truck is spent as it rolls across the perimeter wall denoting the boundary of Backwater Station. The dust cloud behind the truck had been seen for miles. And not all is as you left it. Earlier that morning, when you flew to Sunshine to get supplies and answer an emergency call. There are other vehicles here. Tractors, ATVs, trucks, a couple of space cows that apparently have some sort of riding harness on them. And where you just had a few scant members of staff left, the base medic, um, company agent who's the liaison with landing the capital city of KV-1113 in the spaceport. There are settlers. There are scientists. There are uh, frontiersmen. And they all share one commonality. They're scared. And so as you bring this truck to a halt within the perimeter, within safety, I will leave it to you to explore the scene I have set before you. If memory serves, Donovan was driving. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Dave just gives him a, a pat on the shoulder, like, well, you got us here, kid. Um, although, and then he looks out the window and looks at his martial companion, and then it's just, I don't know how much better they're doing than we were. Uh, yeah, so what's so great about this place? It's just motion to the fact that there are people here. Uh, there's people here, and, uh... Oh, okay. I guess that helps. Well, more so than that, he points at the gas gauge that we're out of fuel. There's vehicles here that we can refuel from. Refuel? We have to get everyone up in the air and get out of here. Um, who is in charge? Am I am I still the highest uh, level uh, officer around? Uh, you are, although there is a company agent, a representative from Wellin-Yutani, who is at Backwater Station. Uh, David, or DJ as you know him, uh, was recently reassigned there and has been either a confidant or a pain in the ass, uh, depending on the day. He is technically co-ranking and can be in charge while you are away, but you very clearly call the shots at the station when you are there. Okay, then I'm going to bail out of the truck, instruct my instruct the guys to refuel, and go off to find DJ. So where do we find DJ? <sighs> DJ is going to be back in his office. He's looking over the uh, the UQ the UQT reports, uh, but he's distracted by all the chaos. He's aware that's sort of building up. He's kind of hiding in his office, if metaphorically, from some of those things that he is from some of the reports, information, and worries that are plaguing his anxious mind. Well, I just basically barge into the office. Did you not, and I slam my hand on his desk, get the messages I sent? He's startled, looks up, and like drops pa- papers to disheveledly fall to the floor. Uh, did David get any messages, O Storyteller? David did not. Uh, Rico, uh, what's happening? I don't know what you're referring to. What messages? I mean, normally you send messages. I, I, frankly, I was... I was concerned. I didn't know if you just kind of decided to go solo on it. What's going on? Very, very disheveled. Hand to the forehead. Clearly sweating. Wild eyes like you've never seen before. Um, There, they must. Things must. They must be jamming them. There, there's definitely. um, uh, So we're there. There's something we've never seen before there, and. they know someone knows everybody knows um but we have to get these people out of here they're just they're sitting ducks okay look you know i know it's very stressful out there he'll get up confidently from his desk (sighs) look you're a leader we're both leaders and we understand that to do this properly we have to remain calm we have to project quiet confidence i know it was in that book i gave you you know about leadership a yellow cover, big smiley face. Look, let me get you some coffee. Okay, yeah, coffee would be great. That'll that's a good start for sure. Some coffee. Uh, go around the table. As it gets up, it makes that that noise, and 
get this coffee going. And he's going to pour her a nice big cup of coffee in her favorite stained coffee mug while he pours one to his own stained coffee mug that has number one boss on it. As he plops in the chair, gets a good slurp going. That's a good cup of joe. All right, so what is the nature of the problem? You're never going to believe it, but we went and we we did the search and there there was no one in the town there were these giant monsters they clearly killed everyone in town ate everyone they're deaf they're dead they're they're coming this way if they're not already here um and i i think that i think that someone else higher pay grade some someone's aware mm, that that's a lot so so there's monsters right okay and they're coming this way. And you know they're coming this way, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They they must think that we're tasty. Okay. You know, I'm really, uh, gotta say I'm a little worried. Um, you think maybe the stress of being out here, you know, away from your home, it's hard on anybody, right? Is so, that a question? Listen, I'm giving you. A direct order. We need to logistically, I need to know how long it's going to be to move all these people. Thank you. And she just turns around and walks out. As Rico walks out of the office, um, you are met with a wall of noise from people. From from uh, settlers, from uh, satellite stations, uh, people that you've you've met and talked with, people who rarely call, and if they do, it's usually just giving a quick update. Yes, everything's fine. Oh, we lost a space cow. Oh, we found the space cow, and the noise that you are getting is familiar. It is. Um, some some kind of big big black dog ate my dog. Um, my cousin's been my my cousin went out in the fog and never came back. Um, some hissing thing burned through my roof. Some kind of weird worm wrapped itself around Ethel's head. She's in the med bay, and as as you sit here and listen to these, they're all sharing that commonality of what you saw in sunshine so very clearly it's not just coming from sunshine these are people who are all over the edges of the frontier and they all converged on this point the marshal station of the region from all directions the only direction they didn't come from was towards landing the spaceport. So meanwhile, in the med bay, as has been stated, there is a woman lying on a gurney. Uh, she is breathing. She is stable. Um, she is wearing her favorite nightgown. You know this because her husband told you this. And where her hair would be in curlers, it is instead marred by the spindly, almost like fingers, 
of a weird creature that is plastered against her face. Its tail, some two to three feet long, is wrapped around her neck. And both of them just seem to be there. And I think that's where we find our medico. Yeah, uh, attending to um, is uh, the nurse. And um, she goes around uh, checking the monitors, checking scans. And every so often she'll stare at the um, thing, life form, that's uh, clinging to Ethel's face. And she'll just kind of study it, see any movement, and then she'll go um, turn around to a, a screen and start typing some information in. Uh, once that's done, um, she grabs uh, a chart and a stethoscope, puts it around her neck, and she is going to leave the med bay to go give her daily report to David because asked her to do that every day because accountability is important. So you will, as you leave the med bay, the medical building, you will see that a new truck is pulled up. You see that roughneck Dave McDonald is attending to refueling with some kid that you have never seen before. Um, you also note that most of the party that he left with you have not seen. Uh, she will head in that direction. When she gets uh, at the customary eight feet away, she will raise her hand up and say, hello, Dave McDonald. What kind of fuel do these things still run on? Is it space gas or is it <laughs> something? Um, yes. Uh, we're going to split the difference here and say it is... Um, a mixture of hydrogen, oxygen, and a little bit of petroleum. So still like a liquid thing? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, Dave is just fighting with the hose and trying to get the machine to accept the requisition card because this isn't where he's posted at, so it's like, why is he trying to get gas here? You know, the the corporate hoops and he's looking around pretty nervously when you call his name and he almost flinches like I morning Dave McDonald you seem to be agitated do you need to lie down and rest uh you know that would be great um do you have anything to, to help take the edge off I, I don't have time to lay down and rest now. I got a lot of work to do and uh yeah, no, just a little something to help me. He's just trying to get drugs. As a medical professional, uh, I'm sure it is something. No, that... no, no. Yeah, I was just looking to see what I have. The napro oh. is the the sleepy time. I believe so. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, she'll say, "Of course," and um, out of her arm pops a a little syringe, and she'll move towards you and. The syringe will just go into your arm and give you a dose. He begins to visibly relax and like lean against the refueling equipment. Like, 
Thanks, thanks, babe. That's that's just what I needed. And then she'll turn to the young man. Does he require assistance? Kid? Uh, no, I'm good. She'll kind of look over the kid and, and say, Shirley, you, you must be hungry, and I think we need to clean you up. Let me escort you into the facilities. Sure. I guess I'll have uh, something to eat. And as then she'll ex- extend not... <laughs> Go on. As long as it's not some sloppy goop. Oh, I got some bad news for you. It's going to be sloppy goop. Uh, she'll extend her hand. Do you need to hold my hand while you go in? Uh, no, I'm good. Thanks. And then she'll lead you into the main building, going toward uh, the office of David still. And uh, any conversation, I'm sorry. Uh, I have forgotten that you were here. <laughs> He is high, and things are great. Uh, as you both step into the main administration building, uh, dispatch, essentially, the front office, you are going to be met with that same wall of sound. Um, Zephyr, you are already aware of this. You have already taken some of these reports. These are nothing new to you. Uh, Van, it is going to be much the same thing. It is loud they are talking about the beasts that you have personally seen um that you managed to get away from at the cost of your father and everybody else who was at the research facility at the time of the explosion but most importantly your father and the relationship that you had with him yeah it's not like he's marked down as a rival on my sheet or anything Right. It's not like you don't have his corporate access card. Yeah. Just uh, something that could be useful. It's a family heirloom. Take care of it. Uh, did I outrank <laughs> these two people? Uh, Rico and DJ? <laughs> no. They outrank you. That's bullshit. No, I meant uh, previous, James, previous James Johnson. Me. Yeah. Um previously you would have been on their level okay just so we have an idea of what kind of trouble uh van can get into yeah yeah i was gonna call you the kid but then it's like you know what i'll just you know yeah okay cool make me proud son (laughs) once we enter the building uh zephyr will uh point the young man in the direction of uh the bathroom telling him we can clean up in there and where he can step over to grab some food, whatever that may look like. And um, she'll finally turn to him and put a smile on. And I have to go speak to David. Now, I will come back and give you a full physical later. Oh, lovely. All right. And she'll turn and head towards David. Leaving you the will child to do whatever. It- you will encounter Rico on the way. What was her title? What was Rico's title? Captain? Uh, I'm like a super high ranking the best officer ever. <laughs> uh, I believe Captain would be accurate, yes. Captain? Okay. Uh, upon seeing Captain uh, Rico, welcome back, Captain. 
I saw David McDonald outside, but I did not see the rest of the personnel that accompanied you to Sunshine. Do they need assistance? Um, no. Um, some have you have you noticed anything uh, interesting, strange, different happening around here today? Well, the number of people and the patient in your med bay would probably qualify yeah. as different. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a surge in refugees coming to the station. We've had some medical incidents. Uh, we currently have one patient with an unknown biological life form. We need to lock to that down. Lock that down. Can we can we lock that down? We need to secure this area. Oh no, no. The med bay is secure. You don't need to worry, Captain Rico. I can see your heart rate is elevating. Do you need would you like some medicine to calm down? Absolutely not. And I highly suggest that um, you don't offer that to anyone else right now. Um, the, it is not secure. Uh, I've seen it happen. We just saw it happen. We need to we need to isolate, completely isolate that individual. I understand, Captain Enrico. 82% uh, of the refugees have also reported other unknown life forms uh, in the area. Uh, that they have all fled from. I, I, I would assume that Captain, you and David would like to go and and look for these instances and gather more information. Arm yourself, and I nod, and I just continue. Uh, at this point, I am heading to check on the refuel. You know, the I want to see what these crazy people think. Uh, the the crazy people are starting to get a little crazier because you, you breathed by them, uh, listening but not really responding, and so they're going to split. Half of them are going to follow you. Half of them are going to start raising their voices, and they're not throwing things at DJ's office yet, but the the will is there. I just picked someone out of the crowd. Um, you, Where did you say you came from? Oh, uh, I I came from from Weather Station Five in the Northwest. Um, yeah, there some up there. Just it tore right through all of the all of the cables and the wires and all of the scanning equipment we had up there. I couldn't even get a call out. I had to get back on my ATV and come down here. And I tell you what. Only time I can do it is during the daylight, because once that fog rolls in, I can't see anything, but it can see us. That's right. And you, where are you from? Oh, well, I'm from the the the, the, the Carlson Homestead. Um, it, we're about, about uh, six clicks out uh, to the northeast. Um, uh, you know, we came out here because, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen my, my cousin Lou in in uh two or three days and he went out uh when the fog was coming in he he heard uh something in the barn and then we haven't heard or, or seen anything from him since we're all if they're following me we're continuing to walk outside at this point i'm checking on um my other traumatized uh I guess not coworkers is the wrong word when you guys are in the military together. What's the what would be the subordinate? 
Yeah, for sure. I'm checking on my subordinates because we just went through something terrible together. I want to make sure they're still alive and haven't split because now there's clearly no place to go. Uh, well, you can see that Dave has that glassy-eyed look like he just got high on something. I kick him. Where's the boy? Uh, um, Doc was here. I can see that. You know what else is here? Those things. Get on your feet. All right, all right. He had left the pump into the the TV, the vehicle that they had taken to get here, and had just kind of sat down next to it and enjoyed his union sanctioned break. Uh, now interrupted. Uh, I think he he starts looking around to see which direction. Uh, he might be able to find the boy. I think he went inside for something neat. There was some some talk about paste. Do we have aircraft here on this base? Like land to outer space aircraft. You do not have any aircraft that are capable of orbital traversal. You, the one aircraft that you had is still on the pad at Sunshine. What you do have is the truck you came in. There is a collection of vehicles from the refugees. Uh, you have a, a larger tractor-like thing. And then you have a smaller, um, kind of like an armored vehicle. It's a six-wheeled vehicle. It's super small. Um it does have a little um, machine gun on it, or like a low-caliber cannon. Uh, it can fit maybe five people in it total. Fortunately, and all of it runs off of the same gas. If we were going to save everyone, how many people about would be around here right now? Uh Judging by what you've received in terms of panicked reports from people, there's a dozen, maybe two dozen people to find. Um, Sunshine is a write-off, except for the marshal, who is still there, um, pale and hearty, but terrified, the last you heard from him. Okay, so 12 total people are like alive that we know of right now, including us. Um, so what you have right now, uh, so you've got the five of you being you, Van, Dave, DJ, and Zephyr. There are about a dozen other people here. They're missing about a dozen people, give or take. And then there's Gibbs by himself in Sunshine. So of the people here, you've got about 17 people, 17, 18 people at Backwater Station right now. Okay, and Sunshine was where we had to leave our plane because we didn't have fuel, and we ran away in this car back to Backwater. Right, and your your plane has fuel, but it was on lockdown from the administrator. Now, you've managed to... You were working on releasing the lockdown by bypassing it on the craft. Um, you also went to speak with the administrator with a strong right hook. 
Uh, so the lockdown is lifted. So that that vehicle is capable of flight if you can get back to it. And you have somebody to fly it. This is just terrible, you guys. This is just a terrible spot we find ourselves in. It is indeed a terrible spot <laughs> okay. in which you have found yourselves. All right. I think I need a minute to write a couple things down quick. Okay. Uh so let's go to DJ and Zephyr. Zephyr, you have arrived at DJ's office. He is sipping coffee from his number one boss mug. Hello, David. Zephyr, what's happening? Got any, uh, got those reports for me? Any, any interesting datas you got over there? Yes. All reports have been sent to you automatically. Oh, I do love a good report. How is, uh, how's everybody out there doing? If you could kind of like judge the mood. I would say that 54% of the refugees want to string you up. Oh, that's high. Uh, well, I've been hiding back here in this office long enough. Let me look at those files real quick. See what we got here. And uh, yeah, David will peruse whatever medical files ever given him. You know, for 10 seconds. There's a new patient in the med bay, Ethel. Ah, what, uh, what, what do we have going on with Ethel? She, uh, life form has attached uh, itself to her face. Oh, well, let's let's uh, well, we do need to go see the people, but uh, let's you know what? Let's let's make it let's have a about five minutes. If you wouldn't meet me over there, we'll have a dialogue about it. We'll see what we can figure out. Okay. okay. Also, Captain Rico and David McDonald brought an unknown adolescent back to backwater. I'm going to go give the him a physical. Ah, well, I understand, you know, that safety is so important. And normally, procedures, I'm a stickler for them, too. But, again, really, we need to have that meeting as soon as possible. So you can just meet me over that med bay in about just just 30 seconds. In fact, well, let's just walk in that usual direction together. That sound good? Okay. I will bring the adolescent with us and perform the physical in the med bay after we are done with Great, right? He's he's just gonna like walk outside with Zephyr next to him in front of like the crowd of people, which are presumably outside of his office being manned. Um, there is less of a crowd, but it is very similar to what Rico is hearing. Uh, they are angry, they are scared, they are a lot more scared than angry, and it's the same story. There is damage to stuff, like wires have been burned through, um, pets and livestock are missing, people are missing. Okay. Uh, Everyone, if I could just uh, have your attention, please. Uh, I'm David, but you can call me DJ. And uh, I'm currently the administrator, if you will, the company agent of this facility. All right? No, no scattered applause? <laughs> no. Oh, Zephyr will quickly clap. Thank you. Thank you, Zephyr. <laughs> and next to me is, my, is our highly qualified uh, medical agent, Zephyr. Great. So just so you know, years of experience here we're going to find out what's going on i'm already in contact with people at, uh, at the high command we're getting the information now coming up and adjusting all of our procedures so just give us a moment if you wouldn't mind documenting your experiences sending those to this email address i would just really appreciate that we can get that ball rolling and uh there we go great all right everybody we'll catch up in a few Zephyr will step over to um young boy and 
Uh, he's eaten? not there. He went to the washroom to clean up and then climbed okay. out the window. Nice. So she'll go uh, look for him, I guess, finding the bathroom empty and the window open. Uh, she'll go back to David and say, the adolescent has gone. Huh, it's gone. Well, place appears to be a magnet for people, so I'm sure he'll turn back up. To the med bay. Indeed. Let's just decamp. All right. Well, Van, you have escaped the bathroom. What What are you up to? What are you doing? Uh, well, he hungry, but he doesn't want the slops, so he was going to go to like if there's like a bunk room or something, because people often have things stashed in uh, just like bedside drawers and stuff. Oh, totally. So you're gonna go to the barracks area. Uh, I like it, uh, Dave. What did you usually have in your bunk? Oh, I think there's a gun. <laughs> I think there is some sort of like non-requisitioned tools. Like maybe he's got something that, uh, what's the word I want here? Like something that is supposed to have been returned, but he has kept because he's gotten sick of having to go and requisition it and then fill out the form. So he just, he just stole it. Um, probably a space porno and maybe like, uh, I want to say something like a granola bar, but more dessert oriented. Something that's like, they give out very rarely as like a, uh, What's the word? Like a holiday bonus or like a special meal thing. And then like he's kept it or traded for it. Okay. Um, Rico, what do you usually keep in your bunk? My bunk is very bare of anything real sentimental. Um, there are some of those self-help books pep talk things, um, military strategies, you know, that kind of just focus stuff. Okay, excellent. Um, Zephyr, what did Krissa have? Oh, wow. What did Krissa have? Hold on. Krissa had... Um, Krissa had some of uh, like about $50 in cash. A pack of cards, um, like a, a a dirty oil rag, uh, that has a, a bit of like a, a little can of oil in it. Not much, like clothes stuff like that. Okay, okay, and then um, DJ, what did Raymond Bonds have in his bunk? Let's see. He would have had God, probably some good leather conditioner for his jacket. You know, you want to keep it up to stuff. You know, a microfiber cloth. Probably some uh, Air and Space magazines, like like retro ones, from like you know planes that aren't in service anymore, like like a museum like collector thing with like details over the parts on each one. Okay, so uh, Van, all of that is available to you. 
uh, it is very clear that the staff of Backwater Station has uh, dick all in the way of influence and therefore dick all in the way of snacks. It's the snot, this old granola bar with like chocolate chunks in it, or nothing. I mean, chocolate chunks are something at least, but uh, yeah. Is there any uh, is there any ammo for that gun? Oh, I imagine it might be like half loaded, but it's definitely not uh, standard issue. That's the phrase. So, like, uh, something mm-hmm. he clearly brought with him. Uh, and uh, clearly yours now. Yeah, uh, he he's going to take it, but probably hardly knows how to, like, turn off the safety. We'll find out when you roll. Hey, y'all. Yup. Uh, yeah, chocolate bar, that, and, um... Yeah, kind of just disappointed. Uh, he's going to. So Van also has a a sharpie from uh, a while ago, and um, it's just going to write on the that the table or whatever. Uh, you know, thanks for the uh, thanks for the bar or the snack. Thanks for the snack. Do you even know whose stuff no. you're stealing? No, no cool. Cool. Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, he's just gonna kind of lay in bed. He's had a long drive all night. Uh, lay in bed and uh, have a snack. Okay, that's fine. We could leave you there having a having a granola bar, uh, relaxing in some smelly guy's bunk. I shower the requisition amount of times. Uh, like I said, smelly man's bunk. Just because I work hard. Do you, though? That's what my contract says. I think your contract's lying. I didn't write it. Uh, speaking of, what, what are you... Are you actually finishing fueling this thing up, or what? Oh, yeah. No, I... It's one of those things that, if I don't finish fueling this up, I'll probably be trapped here and die. So... Okay. Uh, you do also see... Uh, all of the other vehicles I have previously described, including the, um, it's it's easy to call it an APC, but it is more of an APV because it is not the size of one of those giant colonial marine jobbies, but it is more of a, it, it's an up armored ATV. It can fit, you know, maybe five people in it. It does have an onboard weapon system, and uh, you're pretty sure that whatever you saw can't tear into it well here's the good news is, is i'm going to go investigate that thing because i've got ideas okay i dig it so i want you to give me a comtech roll because that is our catch-all for uh any type of oh, equipment. um should we drop any panic since we have gotten to? Yes, I I did say that your panic has dropped to zero. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know when you said that because I clearly missed it. Uh, right. That was probably it. Was I apologize? That was done in text. 
on the Discord in our super secret alien channel, which listeners are not privy to, unless you subscribe to our Patreon with tier prices as low as $1. This oh, is was literally mentioned 45 minutes ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that prices. they can see everything that we say then? Not no. yet. No, they can't see anything in there. I don't know what kind of mischief you're getting up to. Nothing. Uh, I was, Nothing I terrible. Was do- I was doing an ad plug. It was it was time for a quick ad break because we're not sponsored by anybody. Right. Starting at $1, these tier prices won't make you cry. If you give us a dollar, you can see all the crap that we talk while we're gaming. Uh, no, they can't. <laughs> for $2, we'll talk crap at you. Hopefully you like it. Maybe you're into it. I don't know. Sweet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Go ahead and give me that Comtech roll again without the panic. Okay, cool. Oh, oh benevolence. There you go. Perfect. Okay, so two successes on five dice. No stress. Thank goodness. Um, you're feeling pretty damn good. You're high. You're damn uh, right I'm feeling good. So you don't really like this thing just because it's cramped inside. That's the thing that you don't like about it. But as you step into it, you power it up with two successes. All you need is one, of course. This is alien. Uh, the alien system is very uh, forgiving about that. You see that it is, it's well-maintained. It's ready to go. Uh, this was one of Chris's uh, responsibilities, and she did maintain it um, to not only is it, you know, colony spec, it is like marine spec. She has, she has kept this thing as if it was going to go on combat missions. So the gun is oiled. The feeds are are smooth. The tires are solid. This thing is in perfect running condition. Cool. I'm going to spend some time doing this. Does it have a... I guess it would be a hitch or something to hook up. Because there was a, a much longer like bus type thing, I believe you said. Yeah? Or am I making that up with my crazy idea? So there is a larger tractor... Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, so that can move under its own power. It does not have the capability of uh, towing. If you were to tow with it, then the um, the low caliber auto cannon that's on it would not be able to uh, traverse or fire. So it is strictly for uh, the people that are inside it. Have you seen Tremors? I have seen Tremors. So you know that part where they got the big caterpillar and they pull that big... I think it's just a, a like a like a dumpster, basically? That's my idea. Is that a potential thing here, or is that... I am not following you on the dumpster idea. So they had that big caterpillar in Tremors, and they had that big thing that everybody sat in that was pulled by the caterpillar? Ah, yes. I do remember what you're talking about now. Uh, So is that a possibility? Not with the APV. With the tractor, certainly, that is what it is built for. It is, it, it not only does it do the agricultural stuff, but the reason that you have it is because it is a hauler. It can haul things. Um... It is the designated kind of um, 
disaster response vehicle that is um, assigned by Whalen Utani as kind of like our insurance dictates that we must do this type of thing. So it wouldn't. Okay, yeah, otherwise otherwise it wouldn't, but it is useful to have a tractor at the Colonial Marshall Station. Uh, the United Colonies uh, administration also mandates that you have one, so there you go. Um, there is uh, basically like, you know, like the drunk tank. You can You can put one of those on the back, and it's, you know, barred and meshed, but it's not exactly like heavily armored. That's going to be my you know, project for the next little bit. Because he's got... uh, Just kind of trying to set that up, get those vehicles in position, because if we're going to have to evacuate out of here, he wants... uh, There's a lot more people here, so he's going to need something to to get out of here. In particular, make sure that, you know, the actual armored personnel transport is something that he's got the keys for. Yeah, yes, uh, you do have the keys for the transport, so while you're working on that, we'll go back to uh, Zephyr, Rico, and DJ. Have fun. I am having fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, go on. Go on. Alright, so uh, let's see this Ethel person, I believe you said? Yes, Ethel, in the mid-bay. All right, so, ooh, boy howdy, that's weird, right? It is, in fact, weird. It is not something that you've ever seen before. This is an elderly woman uh, who should have hair curlers in, but instead has a ten-fingered spider worm wrapped around her face. Are they in the room, or are they looking at this like through a window? That is up to them. Through oh, I thought we were. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes better sense. <laughs> Sounds Through safer. a window, so as we don't disturb her. Also, it's an unknown life form. Can't be in there with it. Right. So, uh, what? Uh, what specifically would you say is is happening with this with this creature? Uh, Zephyr will bring up um, a screen, and we'll. Sp- It'll have a like a MRI image, an X-ray image. It should say, well, in addition to suffocating her, keeping her basically just enough air to be alive, but not much more, you'll see that it's um, placed an appendage down her throat into her stomach, and it. I'm not quite sure if it is feeding off of her. Or not. Can you give me a med tech roll? Medical aid. That's Thank it. You. One success on medical aid. Um, with the equipment that you have, uh, you can see uh, that it is not quite in her stomach. It is actually oh. in... Um, esophagus. Yeah, it's down the esophagus. It is actually in her lungs. And you aren't sure, and because you are synthetic, you don't want to make any guesses, but you have about a 62% certainty that not only is it feeding oxygen, but it's um, perhaps implanted something as well. Okay. Uh, So scratch everything I just said. It shows an MRI, has an x-ray, 
and she'll say it has uh, put an appendage into her lung. It is giving her oxygen, but just enough to keep her alive. And it may or may not have planted something in her lung. I'm still unsure as to what that could be. Wow, maybe maybe I was a little hasty on dismissing Rico and some of her concerns. So, that aside, um, could we remove it? Any attempts at uh, uh, touching or approaching the life form, uh, the life form does begin to strangle Ethel, cutting off the air supply and kill her. However, I don't think that um, Ethel, I don't really know. Hmm, let's think about it. No, I don't think we can take it off, but if you don't mind losing Ethel, which I'm not sure she'll want to wake up from this. Um, we could try to remove it, but I can't guarantee that it will live. And I definitely can't guarantee that Ethel will live. Right. Well, I don't see any reason to make a hasty decision. You know, we, we want to, uh, you know, human life is number one priority. Uh, I believe you've seen our pamphlets. They say that. So yes. let's just uh, monitor the situation. Let's make sure we have some sensors going. We have all the information, some data. Secure this room, right? We want to make sure because that thing, we don't want it crawling around. And you know, maybe it, maybe uh, you know, a tragedy happens. She passes. It tries to find someone else's face to get on, right? We don't want that to happen. Yes, I will right. secure the room and notify you if I get any alerts. Excellent. That sounds great. Okay. Um, maybe we should all meet back up with that away team. Right, get them in here, debrief them, see what's going on. Love to hear your perspective on that as well, and uh, I think that's probably the best way to proceed. Any thoughts? No, sounds good, Dave. Great, I appreciate how much of a team player you are. Let's go have that meeting. Uh, Rico, what are you up to? Just, uh, I was talking to um some of these, you know, crazy settlers. And I listened to that terrible, terrible speech that DJ just gave and then watched those two idiots walk back off towards the med bay, which is where I exactly, well, I told them not, not to be around there. Um, I saw that Dave was refilling the machines for us. Uh, so now I think I'm going to head to the armory so that I can refill all of uh, my weapons. All right. If you can give me an observation roll, remember there is no stress at this time. Ah, glorious. Two successes on four dice. That's what we like to see. As you step back into the armory, you note that it is uh, still largely full from uh, when you left this morning. In fact, it is a little over full. The standard equipment that this uh, Marshall's Armory have is a rack of shotguns, usually about four or five with uh, accompanying ammunition. Pistols, of course, those are always available. There are some tranquilizer rifles, things of that nature. One thing that you are aware of is uh, a week ago, somebody brought in a crate that they'd found. 
And you'd sent this report off to landing, but never really heard about it because other things have happened, of course. But in this crate, uh, stamped with the flag of the Union of Progressive Peoples, are six AK-4047 Pulse assault rifles with ammunition. Contraband. Deadly contraband. All over that, actually. I'm going to grab all six of them. You're just going to haul this whole crate out to the to the outside? I, I believe that's yeah. confiscating is what that uh, is at this point. We are definitely uh, taking them, and I am going to um, toss you know two of them to David. Um, going to throw one in that truck um, so that I still have three, you know, sling, sling, and over. Uh, headed to stash one in that other armored vehicle, right? Because there's another armored car. Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah, just kind of okay. dispersing these weapons around. So as you walk out with these rifles, the people that have been following you and kind of yelling their problems fall silent. They very clearly see that you are taking this seriously. And there is some gratitude, but also confusion. Um, what do you want to do with these people? Tell them to arm themselves and follow me. Okay. So We're starting if, a militia. Starting a militia. Fabulous. Give me a command roll, please. Mm, that will do. Uh, so in no time at all, these dozen people, uh, settlers, prospectors, scientists, all terrified... Uh, they have scuttled towards the armory and they have all come out with a mixture of pistols and shotguns. Some of them are very aware of how these work. Most of them are not. But given the uh, urgency and determination that you have in your voice, they know that they're going to have to learn quickly in order to figure out what is going on. They are still, however, asking about their missing people. I don't really even address the missing people situation at this point, because if you don't get it, you're clearly daft. Um, and I just start um, trying to partner up people. You help you. You help you. You show him how that works. He's going to shoot himself. Help him. Okay, so you're going to keep them busy with learning how to uh, start using weaponry, which is fabulous. Um, so, DJ, you've just had two assault rifles thrown in your face before you can even say a word. Uh, it crashes into me and falls to the ground in front of me. I go, oh, shit. Oh, it's a good thing these things are... I said DJ, but Dave gets one too because he's in the APC. Yeah. Cool. Um, wow, things are getting uh, serious here. Wait, is DJ not? I don't want to give him a gun yet. You he don't want to give DJ. <laughs> yeah, no, he's suspicious. <laughs> DJ, no, he does. He's in there looking at these aliens, and he discounted my opinion. Okay. And I clearly outrank him. Okay, I'm giving two to Dave because. Hell yeah. He knows what we just went through, and he definitely needs not one but two guns. Okay, because last time he had my six when we were getting out of that last town. Okay, so we'll just take a step back, we'll rewind, and instead of DJ getting anything, he just gets the cold shoulder as Dave 
McDonald, I know, I'm going to have to start calling him McDonald now, because we have two Davids. Uh, That's not my fault. Dave McDonald gets uh, a pair of assault rifles to the the back of the noggin as he's working. Uh, In that case, I feel like he catches the first one, but then when the second one comes and he's like, I don't have any hands, and it crashes to the ground in front of him. Uh, Thankfully, these things are, you know, really... They're robust. They're easy to use. They're cheap. They're not as good as the uh, M41, M4, M4A1 Armat pulse rifle, but the UPP knows how to make them cheap. And that's what's important right now. What's important is that I have them in my hands. Yes. DJ will lean into uh, to Rico. Rico, um, I know earlier we were talking, and I was, uh, you know, I was hearing you, but I wasn't listening. Right. I think that I may have been a bit quick to go over some things and my concern for your mental health. You know, I'm receptive. If you can tell me what's going on, what you've seen, what you've experienced, you know, lay it on me. As I said before, there are there is something here. The it is known that they are here. And these days, these things are intelligent and they are hunting us that whatever is going on in that med bay, med bay, I told Dr. Zephyr to lock it down. If you guys have waited even a fraction of a second, it's too late. All of these people have missing family members, friends, coworkers, they're all gone. What do you think happened to them? You should arm yourself now and start thinking strategically. We need to get as many people off of this whole planet as we possibly can okay but see i believe you told me the whole town of uh of sunshine right it's uh can't be doing too good right if you had to come over here gone gone everybody's gone dead right, done right right well the the issue there we have a little of a, of a snafu there so whatever that happened there right was probably pretty big compared to here and as per what you said a moment ago they're on the way here See, the only way off this planet, of course, is the transport plane that was last, I was informed, landed on the tarmac outside of Sunshine, right? I want to pull up my data pad and show him the information that I know I have about these aliens. Sure, sure. So you you pull the thing up. You have some shaky stills um, of a black xenomorph, elongated head, three sets of teeth, two mouths, uh, long claws, whip-like tail. You also have a picture of something more humanoid. It looks like it's made of like chromed darkness. Um, the picture that you have actually has um, it has Chris's leg in one hand. With that, I just kind of kind of catch a little bit and just scroll to the next one. We have lost good men today, and according to what I've seen, it's going to get worse. Okay, well, th- th- this is crazy. I-, I trust your military expertise and your training. We're going to need all of it today. So, do we hold up for a siege here and somehow beat back whatever sacked an entire town? Do we make a breakthrough, whatever the hell's chasing you, if it is chasing you, toward the city itself to get on that plane? First thing, I say we 
fucking blow the med bay or something at the very least set a perimeter around it make sure that thing is cordoned off and we need to make a plan we're going to need a distraction if we're to get even to that plane because at this point they're probably crawling all over under in and through it all right so start there gotcha well i've already zephyr and i we've already secured the med bay right it's been cordoned off uh the individual in there is being monitored we're going to happening right now we have all of our vials being constantly fed to us so that's that's happening and, uh, and we can have more eyes on that if that's what you need. But just to, for right now, though, what are you thinking? You know, I mean, it's as far as I say, we off. stay or run. It's definitely not cordoned off. This happened right. the last time. This this is how it starts. That thing can go through tiny little cracks in the wall. Okay. So what? So again, that's t- however you wish to secure that room. I'm on board. Right. Whatever resources you need. One thing we're not short of right now is people. We have some volunteers or enlisting them. That's great. Right. We just need to know if we're going to be going off base or if we're going to hold out here or if you have a different plan. Right. Circle everyone around the building and you, me, the doctor and goddamn McDonald will will have to come up with something together because he saw this, too. Right. Well, it, it, I don't think panic, right? So whatever our plan is, we need these people to be properly led. And if they're completely flipping out, I don't think that's going to happen. So let I want to work on that. We'll get these people outside. Let me know, though, what we're going with. I want to do some research in their background, see if there's anything there that can, that can help us out, right? At panic, Rico's eyes just kind of widened ten times. There's no... We're, this is not panic. This is urgency. Okay, urgently have them surround the building. I would say close every door, every window. Start get somebody to screw the plates on the outside of this. And I just kind of walk away, just mumbling to myself at this point. Okay. Just on the same page, you want everyone to be outside of the building while we lock the building? Yes, definitely that. Lock the building. All guns pointed at the building. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, Zephyr, would you mind doing some research on the backgrounds of any refugees here, especially anyone with military experience, any type of uh, heavy equipment, small vehicle experience, uh, pilot, anyone who's got, uh, you know, interorbital flight skill, anything like that that might be, uh, can do, you know, um, germane to the situation. Sure, David. We'll look at the personnel record. Great. You know, I've said it before, just, uh, you can call me DJ, but, you know, David's fine. Um, okay, so uh, Zephyr, you receive a notification from the sensors at the med bay. Your patient is awake. I did tell David I would let him know. All right. Uh, so when she gets that alert, she'll say, David. You are also authorized to call him DJ. David. Ethel has woken up. And she'll turn to leave to go check on her patient. Right, right. I may, uh, I may have to look at those documents myself. Uh, just let me know what you find out. Keep me, uh, keep me abreast of the situation. 
Mm-hmm. David's going to look up those files. We're just gonna look, we know what? She's busy. She's handling business. We're just going to look up these files. All right. All right. You're on your, your, your own secretary. Yep. Yeah. You know. Since you can spell it. Yep. <laughs> you get to be it then. Look at that. that look at you one. <laughs> yeah. Got more thoughts for you, but go ahead. Professionalism. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. David's going to try to uh, look up some files. See if we have anybody with any skills that could be of any note use or... Uh, <sighs> Utilization, whatever. All right. Well, uh, I will leave you to that for a minute. Uh, Van, how are you doing? You've had a uh, granola bar with some chocolate chunks in it. You, yeah, uh, yeah. Van's like this is his first real break, and yeah, the whole everything just kind of hit him of what he's, what has happened, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he's just laying in bed and kind of just in shock with a half-eaten chocolate bar or granola bar. Um, and yeah, he's sitting there. He'll probably be there for another 10 minutes before he kind of gets out of whatever state of shock that he's in. I okay. Think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably if if people go around looking for people, he'll be easily seen. Um, yeah, you're just kind of just that shock and dread. Okay, yeah, uh, we can go ahead and leave Van as shut down for now, as I think everybody else is in their own states of controlled frenzy. Just want to make sure you're doing okay and you're not, and that's fine. (laughs) Uh, McDonald, you've been making some progress on getting the trailer hooked up to the tractor you also have two ak-4047s uh so there's already a weapon mount on here uh oh sorry on the the atv one yeah the apv does not have a weapon mount it does have a mounted weapon it's a basically a turreted auto cannon so from the from the computer systems inside, you can control it with the joystick and then press the trigger and it goes uh, thud, thud, thud. So is there a method in which I could mount the the two additional rifles that I have to the weapon mount that is there and perhaps wire them all in to fire at the same time? Give me a heavy machinery roll. Oh, I th- I think I'm good at this. I'm not. I lied. It's the one next to it. No, uh, you're not. the The problem with with trying to attach two two assault rifles to uh, a turreting auto cannon is that the wires will break if it turns too much, and they're not pulling the triggers at the same time. This is uh, space communist technology. It does not interface well with stuff from the good old United Colonies of America, which is actually a thing. So these are strictly held in hands and triggers pulled. Krissa might have been able to do it. Krissa could have definitely done it. So, uh... That idea out of mind, he's just going to sling the one 
and I'm going to try and find a, uh, a like firing point, maybe out the back. That is so this way you can have forward and backwards with the the mounted weapon, uh, and make sure that that rifle is posted up by the the rearmost firing point. Uh, what you do know is that inside the APV, there is a rack where you can store rifles. It is next to the door that um, basically it's like it, it opens up top and bottom like it's opening a ramp. Uh, but you can have your your weapon posted right next to there. It's uh, quickly and easily able to turn to the back and open up a firing port to fire out of that direction. It's going to be mighty loud inside the APV if you do, but it is possible. I mean, it's going to be loud from shooting or loud from screaming, so one or the other. One or the other, okay. Uh, you do you do know that the designers of this APV were very insistent that the autocannon do the heavy lifting and not so much uh, troops firing from inside. Uh, but if that's all good to go, I'm going to go find, uh, I guess, somebody in charge. Probably Rico, because they feel like are my direct report since we came from the same area. Uh, that's correct. Rico is your, your CO. So I'm going to go find Rico and let them know that the car is gassed up. Well, it's it's easy to find Rico. Yeah, you probably um, catch Rico right as uh, they're blasting out of the doors of the medical building and kind of directing people around to all eyes on the building, all corners. Uh, yeah, I will just come up and salute, which is probably unusual for him. Still feeling good. Uh, just report on the situation about the vehicle. Uh, that we came in, the vehicle that we found here, having gotten them pointed, that, uh, you know, I have the keys and I'm ready to go. Excellent, excellent. Um, let me, and I just put my put my arm over top of your shoulders for a second and turn you away from the people. I, I don't know if any of these farmers are a, a pilot. We're going to need a pilot since, you know... Um, and how many can we take with us? How, how many of these people can we save? I break down the numbers as I have figured them out, which, if memory serves, we can have five people in the in the ATV. We can have a couple being pulled by the crawler, but we would need somebody to drive the crawler, somebody to drive the... So we need two drivers, and then we would need to decide who's in which vehicles. All right, all right, good, good. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and keep things calm. I'm gonna head this way, and I point towards the east of the building, and I'm gonna start asking around who's who's drivers, who is a pilot, and I need you to go that way. And I point to the west around the building, and I need you to start doing the same things, and we'll meet on the other side. I just nod. Uh, and head off to do that. All right, keep him busy. Uh, Zephyr, you have got a confused dozen people with shotguns and pistols 
staring at your medical building, as has been directed by Rico, the captain of the outpost. Some of them, the ones with shotguns, uh, look very comfortable and familiar with those weapons. One of them actually does have a... um, It looks like some kind of long rifle and uh, has given the shotgun over to somebody else. Uh, They're a lot more steely-eyed about what might be in there. They've had experience with combat before, but they are not Ethel. And Ethel is inside, and she is awake. And as you step back into the medical bay, you will see that whatever was on her face is not. It's on the floor. Its ten finger-like appendages are curled towards the ceiling, and the tail hangs limp on the floor. For all intents and purposes, it looks dead, and Ethel is just starting to sit up, looking very confused. Hmm. So, um, Krista was told to um, lock it down and secure it. So she will um, stay outside of the room and use a, I assume, like a speaker system Mm -hmm. to communicate with Ethel uh, and say, welcome back, Ethel. How are you feeling? She coughs. And with a very hoarse voice, she says, I saw some kind of large egg in our field and then i woke up here i and then she coughs again i have a very sore throat that's understandable ethel could you lay back down so we could do a scan and make sure you're okay oh oh okay and she does as bid she's old she listens to doctors she lays back down okay let's do another MRI scan. Give me that med tech roll. Whoop, whoop. Medical aid. Kick that machine into gear. There we go. Uh, with one success <laughs> on your medical aid, it is enough to tell that you can definitely see there has been some roughage of the esophagus, which makes sense because there was a proboscis shoved down there. Um, the resolution is not the best. There seems to be some kind of interference with your MRI machine, but you do see some kind of small embryo or tumor or blastocyst or or something uh, that has been implanted into her lung cavity. Uh, I guess specifically the the point in the center between the two lungs. Underneath the rib cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she'll send a communication uh, and a copy of the image to David and Captain Rico. Okay. Uh, just saying new development uh, and just kind of explaining what she saw or what it, the chances are, what it could be. It could, you know, 10% chance it's an embryo, 5% chance it's, you know, I don't know what. 50% chance it's cancer. Who knows? Uh, honestly, given her advanced age and given the conditions in which the settlers both live and left from, you give it probably about a 60 to 65% mm-hmm. chance that it's some sort of precancerous tumor. Um, embryos, for your personal thing, is probably about 5%, although the diagnostic system... Uh, 
takes uh, it. It also runs its own algorithm, and the algorithm for a split second only comes up to about ninety percent, then goes to a hundred. If you can give me an observation roll, okay. Um, it generally agrees with your findings. It actually says anything like embryo or something uh, out of spec is one percent. So we'll send all that info. Okay. Uh, Rico and DJ will see a report from Zephyr that states that Ethel is awake, uh, sore throat, chance of um, precancerous tumor in lung about 65-70%. Cancerous tumor. That's odd. Well, not to follow up some questions on that, but uh, how did the uh, search for EOs? Are we still back in the med bay? I don't know. Uh, you're know. not. You're in your office. This, right, this no. Was... no I'm, I know I'm back in the office. I was looking up files. You were, but you received a report to your data pad. Right. And the, the comment being, wow, that's that's confusing. Right. <laughs> Are you still in the med bay? Yes. No, no. I, oh, <laughs> I am still. Zephyr is still in the med bay. Yes. So where are you, DJ? <laughs> Office. His favorite place. Okay. Yeah. And I, is that in the same building as the med bay? No. The administration building is separate from the med bay, which is separate from the armory. The administration bay, or the administration building also has um, the jail cells and it has the dispatch center. Uh, as well as your office and DJ's office. Then, of course, there's the barracks building, uh, which nobody has checked except for Van, and then the armory and the med bay. Is there any kind of um, administrative key for this base that I do not currently have that I would be going to get right now, you know, if it was something that I needed? Because I remember that was a very big issue for us in Sunshine. So your the authority that you have on base is you already have access to that. So Backwater Station is, for all intents and purposes, yours. You do also know that Weyland Utani, um, since they are the administrators of the colony and they provide the systems and buildings, they do have their own overrides, which are directly attached to their company agents as dictated by the mother system in landing. All right. I am going to type off a quick message to the good doctor. Leave now. That's bad. Then I'm going to CC DJ in a report that I'm trying to send quickly off with our current information and the good lady's medical records. Okay, Zephyr, DJ, this is the information that you receive. Zephyr's considering. I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I figure Zephyr as in a nurse, a med agent, that her goal is you have to keep, you have to make sure everybody's healthy and, and med okay, right? Like, she can't right. hurt people. She doesn't have a gun. She doesn't do that. But 
she's gotten all this these stories from treating all the refugees that are coming in and she's hearing all these stories about something's killing something's killing captain rico is freaked out and is saying that this is now a bad thing this is a bad thing um would zephyr in her brain think it's okay to kill the creature inside of ethel and probably ethel as well in order to protect everybody else or could she not hurt ethel how would zephyr go about eliminating what is inside ethel would you try to open her up and surgically remove it would no. you just i think an injection right like into the chest um so you are as designed by well and yutani you are not allowed to kill directly you are also a physician you have a duty of care mm -hmm. and when it comes to um euthanasia and end of life care there's a little bit of wiggle room it is um you are allowed to end a patient's life if one they agree but two if it is clear that there is no hope of uh saving them and it would end their pain. Ethel does not look like she's in pain. Very confused. You do not have any confirmation that the precancerous tumor is anything more than that. However, if you were to make a straight empathy roll and fail, then you would have the justification in your own programming to end Ethel's life via euthanasia. did not fail uh then you do not have the justification to end her life as she does not seem to be in pain or in danger of dying all you have is a panicked report from the station commander and according to the detection algorithm yes and no reports about chest bursting have come across correct you have seen okay. nothing about chest bursting all right, then yeah, no. Uh, she'll keep the mid base secure. She's just gonna tell Zephyr. Uh, Zephyr is going to um, tell Ethel that she'll be right back, and she's just gonna let Ethel's family know that she is woken up. She's going to leave to do that. She'll send a quick communication, uh, but she'll head to David's office. Okay. Uh, DJ, your files. So in the time that you have started to sit down going through personnel files of everybody that is here, there is a dozen people. Technically, there are 13 people. Ethel is one of them. Lucky number 13. Who would have thought? Five people have some kind of colonial military or um, Weyland-Yutani security experience. Um, of the of those five, uh, what did I say? Five, yeah. Uh, of those people, um, none of them are a pilot. Uh, they are your trackers. They are your um, survivalists. They're the they're the ones who are ranging out at the very edge of the settlements. They were doing um, they were pulling security for scientists, or they were um, 
actually like doing the scouting um of your remaining seven there there's uh one atmospheric scientist um pretty much just like a grad student who was doing weather checks uh and they panicked when they saw that the weather station had just basically been eaten by a large beast uh you have a uh ethel's husband is a is a rancher he deals primarily in space cows uh he is here very worried about his spouse he is nervously holding a pistol um give me a command roll Okay. So from everything that you see that nobody in on in these dossiers has any experience with piloting. They can barely drive their tractors and their ATVs. We'll say though, since I think you're muted and I can continue talking. Ah damn it. That um <laughs> I will say that you do know that the um, the air transport does have a limited autopilot takeoff and landing capability. You can put in a flight path. Um, slightly on topic, I believe that Raymond may have put one of those in uh, the last time that we played. So it may already have a route installed. I don't quite remember. God, that is that is a deep cut. I think I think he was kind of trying to do something along those lines, but damn, if I can remember. Right, right. So um, we can tentatively say that if it's not there, Ray probably has something that is able. You just he's got a cassette in the cockpit that you can just dunk that into the to the flight system, and it's gonna run the program to be able to fly you guys. There you go. A cassette. I like it. <laughs> All right. Light so uh, what uh, what I had said before being so rudely cut off by my muted microphone uh, <laughs> was you can look at these files and, uh, you know, be perusing them hand on his chin and adjusting his wireframe glasses as he reads them. And he's going to make a, a space call to Wayland yutani immediate supervisors off world. Okay. I like it. So you uh, you tap in the commands, and outside on top of the administration building, there is a uh, transmitter dish. And everybody who is outside sees the transmitter dish start to move and point towards the sky. And it will take two minutes for that call to connect. And it's going to take two minutes each way to transmit call and response given the distance that they are from the planet's surface. What is your message? Oh, the, uh, the message is going to be uh, people panicking, uh, sunrise has fallen, beasts, uh, you know, some, some scary creatures that have caused panic in the populace are apparently running rampant upon uh, the planet and nearby. Requesting immediate evac support and assistance. You send your message. One minute goes by. Two minutes go by. 
three minutes go by. At the end of fourth, the fourth minute, you get your response. This is an automated response. Wayland Utani Station is non-responsive due to communications failure. Please contact administration on landing for further instructions. This message repeats. That's uh, just some kind of error there. He's going to go ahead and send the files that he's found on the uh, relevant civilians to mm -hmm. uh, everyone who is an employee of Will and Utani. Are you sending that back up towards the station, or are you changing your direction to the landing? Oh, sorry. No, I mean, like, to, uh, to Zephyr, Dave, Rico. To the uh, employees at the station. Yes, okay. yeah. Yeah. Disseminating some information. All right. Uh, so everybody else but Van gets this information. And that was, again, just uh, all of these people that are here, just like the quick little th dossier, I guess. Yes. He would also send a message to Zephyr. Presumably we have text messaging. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, to continue to monitor Ethel, uh, the uh, possible tumor that she has, keep her calm. Uh, if she wants to speak to her husband through the window, that's fine. Just tell them that uh, there could be a contagious issue and that for right now it's just best if uh, she remained in a quarantine. Uh, getting the two messages, Zephyr will stop in her tracks, turn around, and go back to the med. And what are you going to do in the med bay? Um, tell Ethel that she communicated uh, with her family that she's awake, and if her husband wishes to speak with her, he can do so from out here. And we're not quite sure if you have any contagious issues, but we just want to observe you for a little while longer. So please stay there, relax. If you need anything, I'm happy to assist. Uh, Ethel is getting a little scared, I think. Uh, when you use the word quarantine, infectious diseases, uh, pathogens, things like that. Um, she says, all, all it was was some kind of egg. And she coughs again. But she stays uh, seated on the gurney. Um, I would like to speak with my husband. I will let him know that he can come and see you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doctor. And yeah, she'll send a communication. He wants to come over and take a look. Yeah, uh, Rico's promptly going to lose one person off of the cordon as he goes inside to talk with his wife because he's been beside himself with worry after carrying this poor woman on the back of his ATV. Do you stop him from going inside the med bay? Yes, okay. I, I will inform him that he must speak to her from out here using the speaker system. We're still not sure on some things. I'm quarantining her a little, but they can speak. And she'll kind of not leave the room, but she'll kind of busy herself. So she gives them the idea of privacy. Okay, then um, they are going to 
do the usual I'm so sorry, I'm so worried uh, talky shtick. Uh, meanwhile, Van, I think you've managed to kind of get yourself out of shock. So you are capable of movement again. Uh, yeah, Van Yeah, just stumbles out of the barracks, just kind of in a still in a bit of a daze and goes to the uh the the the, the car, the truck or whatever that uh they drove in on. So as and, you do, okay. You will note that as I recall, Rico had left an assault rifle in the bed of that truck. Mm-hmm. And I believe there is a crate that has two more sitting next to the truck. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, the truck does also have near the uh, the gas cap you can see some liquid has dripped on the ground. Uh, it smells like fuel, so you can assume that the truck is fueled up and ready to go. Alright. Donovan, sorry, Van wants to go back to the station. The, the, um, the, the science outpost? The science outpost. Okay. Would he know the way? I don't think he would. He would not know. Because you flew in with your dad on the air car. Alright, well he's uh I don't think he clues into that until he turns on the car, starts backing up out of the compound, and then doesn't know where to go. Um and- Okay. Okay. Um, Might be getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 He turns on the car. Yeah. He turns on the car. Okay. Everybody, anybody who's outside, give me an observation roll. And the more successes you get, the earlier that you clock Van has left the barracks and is heading towards this car. Okay. All right. Um, I will remind you that you can push a roll. You add one stress, and then you re-roll that skill. Bring on the stress, baby. All right. Uh, You both have one success. So you will both turn as you hear the door of the truck slam. You see that Van is in the driver's seat, and then you hear the motor start up. And by the time you hear the motor start, you can be in motion to do whatever you need to do. Right, head to the truck, because clearly <laughs> this is part of the plan of get everybody out of here. So I need this truck. Same right to the truck. Who's taking our truck? Bam, the people who the two people who are most experienced with your antics have caught you in the act and are moving to intercept you. Uh, Van puts it in reverse. Give me a drive. Remember where the button is. It is... Why am I blind? Oh, is it piloting? Yes. Okay. I got a success? You did get a success. In fact, you're probably the best pilot of all of them. (laughs) Uh, Terrifying. I know. It turns out he learned how to fly from his father. 
so the truck is put in reverse and uh rico mcdonald it is backing away from you what do you want to do run faster oh oh give me mobility hey one mobility okay uh rico what are you doing i'm ordering him to get out of the truck Van blatantly disregards it. Uh, we're gonna see here. Oh, um, right, command, right? That's right. So, Rico, go ahead and give me a command roll. That is two successes on a command roll. Uh, okay. So, I'm. Oh, this yeah. is a situation which we have not had before. We do that all the time. <laughs> Not with words, though. Let's see here. Because the one thing I didn't put on all of my things was how do you com- how do you resist a command from somebody from an authority figure? So now I have to go find the skill. Uh, that's what I want. Opposed roles, page sixty-four. Uh, okay, so let me pull open your sheet, Van. I'm not going to mess with anything. I just need to see it for a second. Okay, so what I'm going to do is Rico has given you a command and Mm -hmm. has achieved two successes. I am going to need from you a survival roll okay i got a success you and rico are free to push that roll add one panic and try again those successes that you have will be kept uh no okay oh i'm definitely panicking like Uh, can i beat him harder (laughs) yeah if you want to push this roll go for it add a panic and re-roll Okay, uh, so you have four total successes. Um, you have one panic, which means you're going to add another point and open up the panic table. Uh, and then you're going to roll for me, I believe it is. Oh no, how do I do the panic roll? It's been so long, everybody. Just 1d6 plus. Yeah, 1d6 plus panic. Yeah. So give me a 1d6, and we'll add 3 to it. I think there's also a panic button in the top bar. (gasps) There is a panic button. You just hit the panic button. Okay. So you have four successes. You were able to keep it together. One through six is keeping it together, so your nerves are in check. You have belted out an order for Van to get out of the truck. Van, you have three extra dice to get your ass out of this truck. I have three extra dice to get out of this that's, truck? That's how command works, is when when the commander gives an order, you get, for every extra success over one, you get an extra die oh. to complete the action. So I'm I'm making a stupid joke in that you have three extra dice to get the fuck out of the car. I got it. Okay. So <laughs> Van's going to 
stomp on the brake, put it in park. Uh, is this is open top, isn't it? No, it's, it's a, not open top. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I guess you just open the door and it's like, what? I need to get my dad. I just uh, keys and hand my hand, you know, kind of put my palm out and make that general motion for toss me the keys. Van looks disgusted, but then hands her the keys. Which I snag and then toss to McDonald. Secure this. Van, come with me. We'll see what we can do. And I just turn on my heel and start headed towards the administrative building. Uh, he catches them and begins to secure the truck. And Van reluctantly follows. Okay. What are you looking for in the administration building? This child is DJ's problem now. <laughs> ah, fantastic. And now we will come to the thing that I forgot to do at the start of this episode, because we have two new people, two new characters that have not been described. So DJ, what do you look like as Rico walks up with a sullen kid in tow? He's wearing a uh, business suit, but with the jacket off, and it's around the back of his chair. He's got like a light blue dress shirt with red suspenders. He's got a uh, like a yellow tie with black polka dots and like a white collar on the shirt. Large wireframe glasses and uh, brown hair, kind of uh, medium length, kind of like like parted in the front and the in the in the middle. And he's sitting in a uh, kind of beat up slightly frayed office chair behind a a desk that's just covered in like stacks of uh, of knickknacks uh he's got like a spare mug that he got and it says number one boss two but it's uh it's just like unused uh there's like a little little toy models and whatnot like there's a globe uh and you have a map of the planet behind him in this somewhat small office Excellent. Uh, before we go any further, Zephyr, what does Zephyr look like? Um, Zephyr is uh, of an average height, brown hair, brown eyes. You, when you look at her, you can't quite tell. Like she seems to be like an amalgamation of every ethnicity. Like she isn't just one specific one. And it seems like maybe Waylon Yutani did that on purpose so everybody could feel comfortable with her since she's the medical bot. And um, her arms are uh, visibly synthetic as a lot of the medical tools and scanners are housed in them, but the her face is, looks real like flesh, uh, her torso as well. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, so going back to Rico, Van, and DJ, you are all in the office. What you doing? I just turn to Van once he you know, follows me in. I expect him to shut the door behind him. If he doesn't, I reach over and shut it. He doesn't. I reach over and shut it. <laughs> DJ, I need to introduce you to a very bright young man oh uh, hi there i'm uh, i'm dj uh you know actual name is uh david but uh you know 
Prince call me DJ. How can, uh, how can I help you there, little guy? I was told you can find my dad. Right, 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 right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, what was his name? McDonald begins to back out of the room. James Johnson. James Johnson, right. People on that. Uh, I mean, you've been around here. I'm so. Well, where was he last stationed, right? Was he uh, one of the settlements? Was he in Sunshine? He was the director at um, the science? Science station up to the Fertile Crescent. Crescent station, I believe. Yeah, he was the director at Crescent Station. Okay, does DJ know anything about Crescent Station, O storyteller? DJ knows uh, the name, Jack Johnson, I believe that's correct. James, James Johnson. James Johnson, thank you. Uh, you do know the name James Johnson. Uh, he is a real ball buster of an administrator. He was indeed the director at Crescent Station. Uh, you do know that he has a son who is matching the description of the person before you. Um, you also know that Johnson is part of the reason that you got reassigned out here, because Crescent Station was supposed to be one of yours, but he somehow connived his way into getting the position instead. Crescent Station is a, uh, it was a science outpost. It was being upgraded to a full agricultural colony. It was no, known as Crescent Station because it sat near a odd uh, geological anomaly, we'll call it, where it had an especially fertile crescent, where the yields and growing speed of the crops planted there was... 1.5 times whatever you could get anywhere else um, in the surveyed areas. You have not heard anything from Crescent Station in uh, a day or two. You do know that there were a group of settlers heading that direction that passed by Backwater Station about three days ago. How long would it take them to get there? About a day. Okay. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, your dad is, uh, you know, he's over there. He's highly trained. You know, uh, just this past year, we had to do a webinar on SEER training, right? That's survival, escape, resistance, and uh, evasion. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's fine, but if he can do any of those things, uh, then he should be all right. So I, I think it's just a matter of us just being calm and patient. Get the other side of this, and uh, we'll get you back with your dad just as soon as possible. I'm pretty sure he's dead. So then where do you think you're going with my truck? To find him. To find a dead guy. We got bigger things, kid. You saw what killed him, right? Was it one of those those things? And I just kind of make that head nod back towards where we came from. Uh I think I can't remember. It's a bit of a bit of a fuzzy uh, memories. Look, why don't you have a seat here? You know, uh, and you can see that we're uh, we're working on a plan right now. Uh, Rico, you get a chance to look at those uh, those cellular files and whatnot. Yeah, we still need a pilot. 
Yeah, that is a problem. Uh, there are autopilots. Uh, don't know myself how to engage it. Will be the immediate problem. Van, you know. Not that hard. Sorry, excuse me. I was uh... flying a thing. It's just the docking procedure is a little awkward, but not. No, this isn't one of your uh, your drones. There, uh, something, Jim. See, uh, he's gonna adjust his belt right. Get that belt adjusted. See, this is an interorbital plane, right? This isn't some type of uh... point of clarification. This is not an interorbital plane. It is Sorry. an aircraft that is aircraft. atmospheric. The, the it's not, well, it's also not that either. It's that this is an atmospheric plane, there, or something, Jim, and therefore not like one of the uh, uh, drones that you would be flying as part of some type of um, school experiment or uh, you know recess activity. I, I, I flew a shuttle with my dad. He'll arch an eyebrow. A uh, a shuttle. Okay. All right. EJ, what makes it so hard for you to believe that a spoiled little rich kid would not know how to fly a shuttle? All right, fair enough. Uh, I get. You know what? I underestimated you and your training. I should have uh, should have realized that that was. Uh, should have looked it up before I said anything. I apologize. You know, and just moving forward, I'll be more up to date on everything that you guys uh, have learned and on uh, new personnel skills. So, welcome to the team, Van. And he'll put his hand out. You have no backbone. And Van right. just, just walks out, or at least tries to. <laughs> DJ says nothing. The door. <laughs> the door does not open when he tries to open it. <laughs> I need to get food. Let's go. We gotta talk. And I open the door. And kind of allow him to go first. Van just kind of hrumps and keeps going. Sulky teen style. Yup. So I take those two or three strides to catch up right next to him. Can you really fly? Mm -mm. I flew sort of. Takeoff and landing might be a little difficult, but uh, the part in between should be doable. Perfect. I'll give you a gun. You need to protect yourself, but you need to stay with me. We've seen this. We've worked through this together. I don't think that guy gets it. Uh, I already swiped one. A gun. Perfect. Even better. You're... You're on your way, kid. Hmm. I, I need to get some paste. I steer him this way as he starts to go in the wrong food direction towards the closest uh, food um, dispersal unit. Slurps <sighs> back a pack. Mm, delicious. Freeze-dried snot. Which is doubly terrible because you're on a planet that's known for its agricultural exports, and yet you don't get any of it. The worst. The absolute worst. Uh, so we're going to leave you two having a snack, and let's go back over to DJ as they walk out of your office. How you feeling? 
he's going to narrow his eyes as they leave. He is... He's got this pit in his stomach, right? Like there's something hard in it. It's just bothering him. So he's going to get up and... uh going to leave his office, and he's going to approach one of the people who had that security personnel experience, and ask to meet him in his office. Alright. Uh, his name is Jonas, and he is happy to follow you into your office. Alright. Uh, Jonas, uh, get the door. Sure. Absolutely, sir. And Jonas closes the door and sits down. Yeah, have a seat. And um, so, uh, you know, how you feeling? What's happening? Everybody outside is scared, sir. And I admit, I'm kind of scared, too. This is not something that uh, we, we train for. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, Storyteller, has he been issued a firearm? Yes, he has a firearm. He has a shotgun. Great. And uh, he also has a pistol. Good. So, Jonas, um, as you know from your security training, I took a moment to look up relevant skills for uh, you know any situations we might be in, and I came up, you had that security experience? That's accurate, right? Uh, yes, sir, that's correct. I was with uh, Whalen yutani Security Forces for five years. Great, great. Well, uh, we are currently working on a plan, and I want you to know that, and if we need you, do you think you'd be able to serve uh, you know, the people here as well as the good corporation, Whalen yutani well, yes, absolutely, sir. Excellent, great, great, great. So uh, again, we're working on it. Don't have all the kinks worked out, but it's uh, you know it's on our list of things to do. Just know that uh, you know everyone here. We have some of the best people in the world, in the universe, really. Uh, but the stress can get to them. So there might be a situation where we need you to kind of step up in a more official capacity in case you know, just in case. Uh, I don't know, someone has, someone just is unable to perform their duties, right? Like if someone's just too stressed out or if they get injured, you know, we're, we're kind of all hands on deck here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, sir, I believe I do. And so the storyteller is going to ask you, are you manipulating this man into being able to take over and take your orders directly, if uh, so ordered? 100%, that's what we're doing. Uh, give me a manipulation roll. Great. Let's just get that going here. Come on, screen. There we go. Awesome. Mm. <laughs> what? You so can... what are hits? Oh, storyteller. What are they? What? What do dice look like when they do well? Uh, when dice do well, they will have that little uh, white square inside with a dot in the middle. Oh, okay. It looks like a targeting reticle. Yeah. Um. So if you want. You can push this roll, you add one stress, and you roll again. Alright, let's see. Well, in the words of Salt and Peppa, let's push it. Yeah, push it. Because <laughs> zero successes on seven dice is kind of butts. Right? That's not that's, that's horseshit, right? Can we just call that? Right. Anyway? So how do we? How do I mechanically push the roll with all these little buttons? There's a lot. There's a lot. You want to stress level one? Pop it to one? Yep, pop it to one. And just re-roll it? And just re-roll it. The sheet will there take care go. of it. There you go. Three successes. Now, I want to be clear as as the uh, storyteller. Um, there was not a lot of risk of him saying no. He's been trained by Wayland Yutani, but with three successes, you are able to manipulate this man 
into backing your play 100%. He is steadfastly loyal to you and to the company. He is going to do what he can to help save his his uh, friends and family and other people here. He doesn't have any family, just friends. Right, but, I saw him wavering for a second, and I was like, son, we're going to do step up. This is about lead, follow, or get out of the way. I reached down deep into that leadership training I took a few semesters back in an online course. 100%, sir, I'm with you. So he's uh, he's your goon. All you have, right. You have a goon on standby. Uh, can I give him any wireless communicator things? Would he have one? I don't know our level of tech here. Um, yeah, you've, the radios are available, so you can grab him a uh, surplus one that's uh belongs to the station. All of them are t- tuned into the same frequency, but a frequency is easy to change. All right, Jonas, uh, we have our contact information uh, shared up here. Get with the other people. You know, show them the list of names of other security personnel. Get with them. Get them armed to the extent you can. And uh, as of right now, I want you to assist Rico to the fullest extent possible as we address the situation and come up with a plan and execute that plan. Yes, sir. I'll get right on it. Great. Thank you. And uh, if we're still on me, we can we can ask Zephyr what's going, or we can shift somewhere else. Would you want to? Uh, let's go ahead and ask Zephyr. What you got? Beep boop, Zephyr. I uh, just wanted to know any updates with our patient. You know, how's her health doing? How storytelling? So she's been coughing a bit. She's been complaining of her sore throat. Uh, she's asked for a glass of water, which has been echoed by her husband, uh, William. And so uh, Will and Ethel have been talking on either side of the quarantine window. You know, she's been standing against the window. She's got her hand on it. He's got her, his hand on the other side. It's really very sweet. Um, but you and your sensors, the, the scans have been monitoring. Her heartbeat's fine. Her breathing is a little short. Uh, she's been coughing, sore throat, temperature is fine. Okay, relay all that information and just end it with, um, she might need uh, an injection or antibiotics for the sore throat. All right, and that creature is still presumably dead on the floor? That is correct. Yeah. All right. She has been doing everything she can to ignore it. Great, great. All right, well, the next thing that DJ would do would be to hunt down Rico and have a meeting, but that might be somewhere in the queue. Uh, that is indeed somewhere in the queue. I want to go back over to Zephyr real quick. That facehugger is dead on the floor in the lab in there. Is there anything you want to do about that? Well, Zephyr would like to retrieve it, but that would mean going against Captain Rico's order. Securing the med bay. I will point out that the directions that were also given to you by a mother 9000 unit and landing says that while the med bay is to be secured, and it is secure, you also do need uh, to provide a duty of care to your patient, and having a potentially dangerous xenoform in the same med bay is going to be going against that duty of care. So... By securing the specimen, you are securing the med bay. 
then I will have to a biohazard suit and retrieve the item and it in some kind of biohazard. Uh, easily enough done. I will also point out you are synthetic, so you are not uh, subject to... Yes, but uh, I don't want something to get on me, and then I transfer it over. Oh, okay. So I still have to follow. And it makes the others feel comfortable. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so as you enter the med bay, uh, Ethel will step back. She looks a little put aback, but as you explain that you were there to recover the specimen, she, she calms to bound a bit. She says, oh, that's, that's very nice. I don't, I don't want to get near it. It seems wrong. Nope. Everything is fine. Just remove this here, and um, do you need anything while I'm... Could I have a glass of water? Yes unlock one of the cabinets and grab a cup out of it. Oh, thank you so much. And she's going to sip at her water uh, while you uh, recover the specimen. Mm -hmm. And you've got containers in the med bay itself. You've got a large specimen jar that would fit it. Um, you can fill that with formaldehyde or, or whatever the preserving liquid is in, in space these days. And... Uh, where do you want to store it? You can store it just on a desk, on a shelf, on a table. Uh, you do have the spectrograph that you could put the thing in and do some tests on it as well. I would like to do that. Run some tests. I like it. Um, give me a Comtech roll. You get the basics. Um, uh, it is. Uh, it is dead. Um, there are no life signs. It looks like it is capable of breathing the same atmosphere as the rest of you, uh, or at least as the biologicals can. Um, you do also note that it does not necessarily need to aspirate. This is something that can survive in a total liquid or even total vacuum, let alone any other kind of uh, environment. Uh, the uh, blood culture that comes back suggests that it is a strong molecular acid, uh, proof given when the needle pulls back and it has melted off. And uh, you see that the face hugger part does have a proboscis, and it is um, withdrawn into the main body. And when this thing moves, it skitters like a spider along the floor, and the appendages look very strong. You do estimate that they could leap as high as six feet in the air, or uh, even six to seven feet in length. Uh, it is built like an ambush predator. If I did, um, if I dissected it, could I roll medical aid to try to figure out what the tube was doing down her throat? Absolutely. Two successes on medical aid. Um, so while Ethel and William are speaking to one another through the thing again, um, you are able to sacrifice a number of uh, scalpels in order to cut this open. Uh, molecular acid will do that to those kind of things. Mm -hmm. 
with two successes, you can also tell that inside the uh, Xenoform, there is a, uh, a sack that is attached to the proboscis. And as you cut open the sack, you are able to see a number of uh, small tumor-sized, uh, they look like embryos. And inside, uh, it looks like a little worm with a, a long, curved head. Very small. The only reason that you can see it is that, because you are a synthetic. And as you are looking at this, you see that inside, the creature inside the embryo starts to move. How many of these, and are they all moving when I looked inside? Uh, only this one is moving. There looks to be, um, there looks to be four of them. Only this one is moving. Okay. Um, well, I have, I have to set up an incubator. Okay. Uh, you do have those facilities uh, handy, so you are able to incubate. All right. We will get in the incubator. Reach. I'm definitely, you know, reach securing the ethel's room mm-hmm. uh and to do oh probably should send a report okay uh david will get that report but let's go with mcdonald yeah what you doing buddy <clears throat> well i slipped off because i was going to go do something but halfway through getting there i stopped by the bathroom and realized i looked like shit and felt like holy shit, so I kind of like cleaned up, and then I found a place to clean down. I just just take a quick five, you know. All right, taking a nap. I I can respect that. Um, do you have any stress? I don't. Okay, then we do. don't have to worry about it. Uh, but I don't imagine he gets a lot of sleep. I think somewhere along the lines he is woken up either by it unfamiliar noise or maybe a, a memory of the I don't know horrors that he has seen in the past 24 to 36 hours uh not even the past 24 hours the past 12 um yeah so anytime that you start trying to close your eyes you'll get a flash of something black tall metallic hissing um you do see flashes of a large hulking beast um, carrying a severed leg. Somebody you used to know. Uh, you hear just clicking and hissing in your dreams, and you're not going to get any rest. Not without drugs. Yeah. Or a lot of alcohol. There's an idea. Are you doing this in your bunk? No. I I imagine he just snuck out of the room for a minute because, you know, these meetings are not for uh, not for the working class. And then was legit good, just gonna go to the bathroom. Uh and then when he was done there, the idea of drugs and or alcohol sounds appealing. Uh, probably not drugs because there was that uh, Zephyr would probably not give him more drugs because that would be above the 
recommended dosage in the amount of time that he's since he's had. Um, so he's probably going to go and figure out where he can find some booze. Which, who knows where he's going to find that here? Rob? If he couldn't get a burger, then where is he going to get a drink? Raymond Bands probably had something hidden somewhere. And he thinks that, and he's like, I'll even drink to him, and then heads over to the barracks. All right. Uh, I am not going to ask for a roll on this, I think. You're going to be able to find a stash, because you know Ray. Like, you... You have a pretty good idea where he would stash stuff, so you're you're able to get as blotto as you want off of. He's got, um, there's a bottle or two of of wine in there that probably has seen a lot of sunlight and heat. Uh, there is a bottle of whiskey, and it's not you know earthbound whiskey, but it is. Yeah, it's space whiskey. It's actually it's distilled in Landing. So from landing liquors. Uh I'll give the wine a try. Not really enjoy that, but we'll we'll stash the whiskey. I mean okay. I've enjoyed the wine, but it's still still potent. It is still potent. And I don't want Rico to come down on me and deal with it. I still have to stay sharp. Just need to take the edge off. Just need to take the edge off, alright. Just need to take the edge off. Oh, this uh, is great. And then while I'm relaxing we'll call it i will read back through that communications that were there was like two or three of the communications that were sent out uh locally yes um so it's the same information that you've seen before but you're able to take the time and review it and i'm going to say probably about two hours have gone by since you've arrived and you've been going through everything and I think we're we're gonna close it out here in a minute. And it's going to be in the med bay where Zephyr has been hard at work incubating this sample. And as she is studying, she will hear increased coughing from the uh, quarantine and uh, William Ethel's husband is starting to tap on the glass as Ethel is leaning against it. One hand over her rib cage as she's coughing. Zephyr, you were able to see flecks of red in Ethel's spittle as she coughs. And your keen eye notes that while her hand is over her uh, ribcage, it does push up a little bit as Ethel starts to cry out in pain. And I think we'll call it there for tonight. Sorry, my cats are trying to start a fight on my desk right now. So let me go ahead and get rid of the boys. Nice.